does not matter who you are, they do not care about you. They will not protect you. Welcome to Where's My Stick if you are new and welcome back if you aren't. I'm Danielle. I'm Christy. And today's episode is going to focus mainly on the Chicago Blackhawks and the uh, report that came out. Um, It was John Doe versus the Chicago Blackhawks uh, later, which we're obviously going to talk about um, the Chicago Blackhawks prospect who was John Doe uh, is named Kyle Beach and it's going to be Kyle Beach versus the Chicago Blackhawks but um, right now we're going to talk about the report that came out earlier last week the fallout that has happened since then and how this is nothing new in hockey and specifically to the NHL Um, we're going to give our thoughts before we jump into it just want to say we're not going to talk about Every single thing that happened just because um, then the podcast would be like two to three hours long because a lot has happened and a lot has um, a lot of people have uh, spoken up and had quotes. So we don't want to go in too much detail. We will link in the show notes um, some good articles and the uh, report um, and some other like uh, tweet threads that we reference in today's episode. um, If you want more context or you'd like to see what we're referencing and stuff like that. So. Just wanted to give a heads up because <laughs> I don't want you to think this podcast is going to be three hours. Oh, gosh. And also just like the general trigger warning for sexual assault, sexual abuse, and all that stuff. But I guess to kind of recap everything. So Kyle, Kyle Beach and another person, John Doe 2, are suing the Blackhawks um, for negligence. Because of Brad Aldrich, Brad Aldrich, a video, a former video coach, um, who was there for about two years and ended up resigning in June 2010. Um, so Brad Aldrich, he assaulted Kyle Beach during the Blackhawks 2012 Cup run. Um, after Kyle alerted. Basically, after management knew about the assault, um, Brad Aldridge was allowed to remain with the team for the rest of the cup run. Um, He got a day with the cup. He got a ring. His name is on the Stanley Cup. And he did not resign until, like, after. And during the... And then after this, He, after he resigned from the Blackhawks, he then had a couple of other jobs with USA Hockey, and then he ended up in a high school in Michigan, where he then, I want to say, I can't remember if he raped or assaulted a 16-year-old boy in Michigan, for which he ultimately served um, jail time. I mean, kind of before this report came out on Wednesday, um, the Blackhawks were basically saying that they had no knowledge of this and that Kyle Beach was lying and they they did they did no wrong. Yeah. And so this this allegation came up in May of May 7th, I believe, of 2020. And from then or no, May 7th of 2021. Um, and. Uh, the Blackhawks uh, held it uh, or were the one to do an investigation. 
um, yeah. not the NHL, the Blackhawks themselves organization. And, and the findings from that investigation is what came out on Wednesday. Uh, and uh, I mean, it basically what came out Wednesday was that everyone who, you know, once these allegations were, you know, brought public, um, you know, Stan Bowman, um, Joel Quelmville, who was coaching um, copious amounts of or numerous amounts of players were asked and uh, about this. And they all straight up said like that. No, this is not some like we don't know what they're talking about. Like like Christy said, they're lying. Um, we had no information about this. And then the report basically showed that they're all lying. Like, <laughs> um, uh, Kyle Beach, like this one of the saddest parts of this whole thing is that he did the right thing like he went yeah. to the people he was supposed to go to and every single person and every single part of the organization and the structure of what to do when this happens failed him because really yeah because so many people either shuffed it off and the once these this uh, investigation or this report came out, the Blackhawks basically shoved this off on um, on McDonough. McDonough, who was there, the president of I think like president of hockey operations mm-hmm. um, at that time, um, and they just said they all just believed like, oh no, he was going to handle it. <laughs> well, <laughs> very convenient but, for them. Like him, but he and. He was kind of just like, I don't want any negative press around the Blackhawks right now because I think they had just clinched the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And then, him, I mean, the final. And then him and Quenville were talking about, like, all of the challenges it takes to get to the final and they want to focus on the team and the playoffs. So he literally waited until after the after um, they, won, they won the Cup. And then... In between, in between, like this meeting that they had with all five or six of them, and them, and them, him resigning, um, Aldridge he assaulted another person. Yeah, a twenty-two-year-old intern. So, so it's just like all of this could have been avoided if you just did what you had to do, and you didn't have to make it. My big thing is like, even if he, even if they, um fired him, like had him resign or whatever, it didn't have to be like a huge thing. Like they could have made it, like they could have just did the right thing. And now you guys made it even worse because. Uh, No, I I don't know if I necessarily think that's true. I think doing the right thing would entail going to the police. And if they go to the police, it's going to be public. Like some, just because of how much news and press was around Chicago at that time. Uh, someone was going to pick up that, like, oh, where's the video coach? He's not here. Like, what's going on with that? And I think they would have um, found out about it. But, like, would you rather, like, oh, a video coach, you know, is is fired and, and um, goes to jail or is convicted of being, like, you know, a sexual abuser and he goes to jail and the organization did the right thing or... 10 years later, 11 years later, it's way worse because there's not just, there's not one victim, there's multiple victims. And the Blackhawk organization looks even worse. Like, just 
You know what I'm saying? Like it's you just do the right thing, and I, uh, <laughs> it's just they just didn't think that this would come out. They didn't, and that just shows how confident and they were that they would be able to bury this, and that this isn't the first time that something like this has happened, and they were very comfortable with lying, even to this day. Like if this if this <laughs> report didn't come out, they would continue to lie about it, and. This is something that, you know, I I brought up to you, Christy, before we started recording, but it's just so glaringly obvious that this, like, hockey culture of, like, we're a team, we st- – band of brothers, we stick together, uh, this – it's all a fantasy that they want, I guess, fans or whoever to to believe because they weren't protecting their own. Their own. Kyle Beach – was a highly touted prospect. I mean, he was drafted 11th overall, um, was on the Black Aces, 19 years old, so freshly out, like, out of his draft year. Like, I mean, maybe a year removed, maybe two years removed, but he just came up from juniors and was playing in the playoffs in the AHL and then became part of the Black Aces where he was with the team. So this is a pretty good prospect, and yet they don't care. And so it just it just makes you think like who like who do they who is the ideal person to protect? Like who is the player that this organization wants to, or this you know the NHL wants to protect? Because it's not They're... it's not the kids. It's not you know it's not star players in some points. It's not the grinders. It's they don't want to have to protect anybody. They want you guys. That's why they beat this culture down into people where it's just like, we're all the same. We all do this. We're all like this because they don't want to have to protect anyone. They kind of just want to sit back, collect their money and have these players like kill each other with whatever it is that they do and be the same and be very, very monotonous. They don't want to have to protect anybody. I feel like the only people they want to protect is the guys, the like, owners, not even the owners, but like the people that work for them, like the the men that work there, not, not necessarily the hockey players, but just anyone who's in, who's like in management. And yeah. Stuff. Because like, even if like, say for Quenville, even if you didn't want to disrupt the flow of like, you know, being in the playoffs, whatever. You like you're you're out there like partying with the guy, the video coach, and it's a video coach. But then like, a lot of them were just like, it's weird how he was hanging out with um how he would um go to dinners and stuff with players because coaches don't do that. So like that wasn't a red flag. <laughs> You you paint the red flags white. You see what you want to see. Yeah. And I I brought this up a little bit earlier. Uh, Kyle Beach, like I said, he went to the people he was supposed to go to. He specifically talked to the executive director of the NHL PA, and um, that was uh, Don Don Fair. Um, And he, again, Don Fair, like, I don't. I, I think at the time of this recording, he nothing has been said about him still being in his position. But there's no way that he can keep his job after this because he said um, 
and this came out, uh, I saw this tweet via, um, and this is per uh, Rick Westhead. He said the NHL executive director, Don Fair, and an NHL doctor failed to warn USA Hockey about mm-hmm. the video coach Brad Aldridge, despite promises to do so. A person familiar with the matter said that um, Don Fair's status with the organization still hangs in the balance. The league's 32 team player reps uh, in the NHLPA are currently holding a conference that um, a conference call that will help decide his future. Now, like he specifically knew about this. He knows he was supposed to let USA Hockey know. Didn't. Didn't do anything for Kyle Beach. I know I ask this question all the time, but, like, the NHLPA. (laughs) What do you do effectively? Now, this is specifically supposed to help the players. It's supposed to advocate for the players. And yet? This isn't even, like, necessarily doing much. It's just giving a heads up to another organization. Like, hey, you have a sexual predator, like, in your midst like that's just a a phone call that's not like that's not like that's not like having an investigation it's literally giving a like a warning like he wasn't asking for anything like crazy and I just like the just the negligence okay just like the negligence on like on all levels because Kyle Beach really really tried in his power to try to warn people about about Brad Aldridge and the kind of person that he is and it just fell on deaf ears and the only reason why he decided to move forward with this lawsuit is because of the 16-year-old victim in Michigan. Because he's just like, if the Blackhawks did what they were supposed to do from the beginning, Mm -hmm. this wouldn't have happened. Like, at all. Yeah. And, I mean, so, you know, after this report came out, um, there was a lot of speculation. And I kind of felt like it not forced Kyle to come and like put a face to uh, who John Doe was, but a lot, there was of course a lot of speculation because it, you know, gave age, size, time. Like people were narrowing down who this possible prospect Where he plays currently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, Kyle came forth, had uh, an interview, which we'll link with Rick Westhead and it's really it's hard to watch because it's just you could really see how much pain he was in and how much he regretted not stepping up earlier because of what happened to that 16 year old and like out of everyone and like when that he the interview happened he was the first person to say sorry to apologize about anything like Right. Not not the organization, not, you know, the people and like coaches and former players, not the all these people who lied about it, about not knowing like it was him. 
And you could tell that, like you said, like that that was a that was a deciding factor on why he was moving forward for this. Not because he wanted anything, not because he want like you know what I'm saying. It was just it was a little bit. It seemed like it was guilt, and it was not. There's no reason for him to be guilty, right? But right. you know, uh, it just was really, really, really sad. And I think even now, still, I don't think the Blackhawks really understand how much of a part they they played in the mishandling of the situation. Like, because they're just like, oh, we're, we're striving for change. And I feel like we've done this song and dance yeah. with the NHL and NHL teams to know that not much necessarily is going to change, like is going to change, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I would piggyback and say the NHL as a whole also mm-hmm. doesn't realize how much of a, of a part they played in this. Uh, and the fact that there is no, sh- there is no structure, correct structure on, and there's no accountability to hold organizations to make sure that they have a structure in place and that if things like this arise on their teams, they handle it the correct way and the way that is best for the victim. There's just, you know, and, And, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, we talked about how there's not that much change that happened. There were a few, uh, people key people that resigned which that in its of itself is a little bit frustrating to me because they shouldn't have resigned they should have been fired for Mm -hmm. their hand in this and starting at the top of course Stan Bowman who of course was the general manager of the Blackhawks and uh, a very important role in USA Hockey I believe he was like a general manager of USA Hockey Um, he stepped down I think he is currently. I don't think he was back then. No, no, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And 10 years ago, he wasn't affiliated with USA Hockey, I don't believe. But he was still with the Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as of currently, um, before he resigned, he was the head of the Blackhawks and the head of USA Hockey. And, um, like, I mean, even his comments, just, it's deflection. And it's, yeah. you know, shifting the blame. He said, All of them are. I was made aware of potential inappropriate behavior by then video coach involving a player. I promptly reported the matter to the then president and CEO who commit who committed to handling the matter. I learned this year that the inappropriate behavior involved a serious allegation of sexual assault. I relied on the direction of my superior that he would take appropriate action. Looking back now, knowing he did not handle the matter promptly, I regret assuming he would do so. Like, come on. Come on, you were in that room. Like, there's so there's so many there's so many problems with this. Uh, also, Joel Quinville, who was was coaching the Panthers, um, resigned uh, not before playing, uh, coaching behind okay. the bench. Oh, that the one last game, the one last game before, um, and this this was after he had a meeting with the NHL. Uh, in-person meeting so it was pretty likely that he was going to get fired but they like to do resign since <laughs> all of these everyone that we're talking about is likely going to have a job in the next two to three years in the nhl so oh, especially especially quenville but yeah joel quenville who specifically was one of the people asked earlier this year um you know like what 
that this happened? Like, did you know about it? And he was like, no, I didn't know about it. Um, And that that was a lie. (laughs) And now he (laughs) is no longer coaching. He said, it's with deep regret and contrition. I announce uh, my resignation as a head coach of the Florida Panthers. I want to express my sorrow for the pain this young man, Kyle Beach, has suffered. My former team, the Blackhawks, failed Kyle, and I owe my share I own my share in that. I want to reflect on how all of this happened and take the time to educate myself on ensuring hockey space are safe for everyone. <laughs> there, that in and of itself is just ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> he barely takes ownership. And then, like, this isn't something that's like, oh, I need to educate myself on and I need to, you know, I need to do better. I need to be better. Like, yeah. dude, you have a lot that you need to work like how do you not know how are you in like a place of or a position of power and you don't know how to handle when a player says they've been sexually assaulted how is that possible that just shows like the nhl as a whole is just complete and utter trash it's just i don't know I, my, I don't know. My thing is, like, even if, even if you guys all agreed that um, McDonough was going to be the one to handle it, like, or he was going to be the one to go to HR or anything like that, where was, where was the follow, like, the follow-up? Yeah. Like, you could always follow up to be like, hey, how did it go? Like, did you end up talking to this such and such? They just, there was no, like, they just absolved themselves of the situation once, I guess, they agreed that um, McDonough was going to be the one to talk to to, um, whoever. But, like, and I know you have to get into Chevy and stuff, but, like, it wasn't just, it wasn't just Kyle. Like, there were rumblings about Aldridge and like, being really inappropriate with other players. So, like, it seemed like he was kind of escalating or things were getting more and, like, Mm -hmm. he was doing more and more. So a quick, like, hey, whatever happened to that that thing that we were talking about? Like, I don't know. So many things. So many things. I mean, and it's because they just didn't care. Like they yeah. didn't care. And and this they probably had the same mindset, which is something that you you know, if you've been following the story, you've seen so much on Twitter where it's like, Well, he's two hundred and something pounds and six foot four. How could he ever uh let anyone, you know, do inappropriate things to him or anything like that? That that toxic mindset, which obviously they they're so they they're so ignorant on the fact that like power dynamics and what what power dynamics do in a workplace or in a team structure like Mm -hmm. people in power use that to abuse other people and right Right. it's like you know I, I could definitely see them back then thinking that or not even putting any like them just thinking it was an allegation and not even checking up to see if it really happened you know like I wouldn't I wouldn't even have been, like, I would have preferred them to just check into it, to look into it so they could see the truth. And like you said, there were rumblings throughout the organization about how this guy was inappropriate. 
And for them to just be like, okay, well, this person's going to handle it and that's it. I don't need to do anything. The thing about it is that Quenville is the coach. And is if he's Talk on your player. if he's on your 40 man roster, like if he's not on that, then you don't care. But no, he's a part of your black aces, so you definitely need to check in. So that was you didn't do your due diligence as a coach. Chevy, who we're gonna get into, was the assistant GM and oversaw oversaw the AHL. This is a player who played in the AHL playoffs. Like, was he a full-fledged member of the the AHL team? I don't believe so because he was still a prospect. um, And he just came out of juniors. But, again, he still falls under your jurisdiction. (laughs) And and you can tell. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and to say that, like, oh, no, I I had no idea. That's just very convenient. Like, especially when you were in the meeting. When you were in the meeting. Uh, and I've uh, seen people say, like, Chevy, I don't I don't know. Uh, Quenville, I definitely see. But Chevy, I mean, he oversees, like, the the salary cap for the AHL. But, no, this this player played uh, on your team and then went up to the big team. You should still be checking in, at least, to see, like, how their development's doing. Because, like, what are you doing? Like, Quenville, Quenville could be like, oh, well, I was preparing for the game the next night. But, Chevy, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, everyone can have excuses, yeah. but it doesn't add up. You it, all failed. Especially, like, after that meeting, like, you guys, any one of them could have checked in with Kyle, even if, say, even if McDonald was going to do it, um, like, handle it, go to HR or whatever. Like, that's just basic human decency. Because yeah. when he, I forget who's, who um, approached him, like, Paul Vincent or whatever, the the guy that he told who ended up telling these people like he was just like you could see like on his face that he wasn't he wasn't there like something was weighing on him so obviously like this kid was carrying it with him and if you paid a speck of attention you would have been able to see that and to just Mm -hmm. check in with him um but yeah it all Kyle, it all uh, it all whittles down to the fact that they just did not care. They didn't care. Yeah. Like that's how yeah. it is. Like it doesn't no matter how many times you try to like approach it from different sections, from different point of views, mm-hmm. none of them cared. And in the middle of a cup run and it's been a hundred years since they won a cup or whatever it was. Like Yeah. It doesn't that, resolve. Yeah, anything. that to me it that doesn't like I don't know I mean maybe because I'm not a Blackhawks fan originally it does I don't care like mm-hmm. I care about this this kid right you know like but yeah so John Tortorella rumored to be the coach the next coach of the Panthers we'll see if that happens but he was saying how like uh, in a situation like this like what if it was your son that this happened to what if it was your uh, right. like whoever and I think that's one of the problems in general, like in life in general, where people think like, oh, like put someone you care about in this right. in this place and then how would you feel? But it's like, I'm sorry, like you should just treat people like with decency. decency. Like you should just care. Like this kid said that he was sexually assaulted. That in and of itself is when you should start caring. Like that's a horrible thing to happen to anyone. Like... You know, just reading 
the report and like when that's when the, the sexual assault happened, like my heart just broke for this kid. Like he, like you said, clearly was distraught. Like, and then just putting yourself just like in the mindset that being 19 and like when you're 19, like you don't, you don't, you don't know. Like know. You're just you don't newly know. a kid. You follow what the adult says. And when they're saying, don't tell anyone about this, I'll ruin your career. I'll ruin your career. And how many hockey players families work their butt off to get them where they are in hopes that they will make it to the NHL to make money, to help, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The family and to help, you know, anybody and like you know any once anyone can get close to a millionaire you know that's gonna that stress and that like you know trying to make it trying to play and accomplish your dreams like you're gonna do do what someone in power says and the fact that no one recognizes that no one cared about that to follow up on it to 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 help this kid when this happened in their hands because he was with the team as a black mm-hmm. ace. Like this was when he was with you. And y- granted it was after hours. Like he, the guy texted him, you need to be like, you, why is he, why are they hanging out? Like, why are your coaches hanging out after hours with other people? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you need to follow up on that. And they don't, and they didn't. And this was the result. And then a, 11 years later, everyone lies about it. Right. Which makes it even more disgusting. In my opinion. The fact that, like, in the summer, I think it came out that he was gonna yeah. sue him. Everyone was just like, yeah, no, none of us knew. Yeah, they're like, I, this I is have the no idea. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. That happened. I had no idea. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. Really it's really sick. It is. Um, so, of course, like, this report comes out. A lot of the details come out. Uh, you know, fi- resignings happened. They go back and they talk to a couple of players. Um, Jonathan Taze being one of them. He, before I get into this, I'll just say, nothing anybody in the Blackhawks or- organization the NHL said helped them in this, like in this situation at all. It just, in my opinion, made it 10 times worse. And, you know, maybe this is what was needed because it just showed, it just showed a light on how no matter where you're looking in the NHL and different teams, there is a, there's a serious problem. There's a serious problem on protecting the players and um that's just very clear that's just very clear they can't make it any more clear how they they don't care about their players yeah i i won't go into depth with some of taze's comments but i just wanted to say like i liked jonathan taze uh his comments were really disheartening yeah um you should just to the point where I lost ninety five percent of my respect for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, and I know that the Blackhawks PR pretty much were telling him like, make sure you touch on these points. But 
he didn't have to touch on them that heavily. Yeah, like, I mean, he really just, like, wanted to reiterate how good of a person Stan Bowman is and um, how good of an organization the Blackhawks are. And it's just like, well, you know what, bud? Like, no, they're not. Because if they were so such a stand-up guy and such a stand-up organization, this wouldn't have happened. And people make mistakes, but this is a huge mistake. Like, this isn't something that you can just, like, you know, get past. Like, a player's life was ruined. And, and then no, multiple more people. people. <laughs> yeah, multiple people's lives were ruined because of a failure at every single level in this organization as well as the NHL. And and you can say, like, oh, he made a mistake. He made a mistake. Well, he hasn't admitted to making a mm-hmm. mistake. So maybe let's not give him so much credit. Like, if he feels so bad and he's such a good person, then he can he can at least admit where he's where he's wrong and where he faulted instead of kicking the can somewhere else to someone else. Mm-hmm. I just. Yikes. Yeah, it just I don't know what the Blackhawks. I mean, we all know the NHL isn't good with PR like they're they just <laughs> don't have a good PR um, but I just, I wonder, like, what, whatever they were trying to do, like, humanize, empathize with Stan Bowman, that's just not what needed to be done. Like, read the room. <laughs> and it just, it fell flat, and it was just so inappropriate and really hurtful. Like, it, it, the, the things that he said were harmful for other vi- victims, because it was kind of like invalidating so many people and invalidating people's opinions on what happened and you know Kyle Beach and this was and for Taves like he was the captain back then and you know I don't want to get in the discussion of people saying like should he have done something he was 22 he couldn't have done anything but still like this was a this was a teammate like you didn't maybe you didn't play on a line together or he didn't get in a game but this was a black ace. Like, you're the captain. Like, how did you not know? Or how did you? And and then, like, I think you owe it to that player as his captain now, now that you've been doing this for 10 plus years. Yeah. To kind of, to kind of respect what he's saying and not, like, stand up to the character of the people that did him so wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, just because mm-hmm. they treated you fine doesn't mean they yes. think everybody else fine. Like, exactly. I see when players do that. Exactly. And that, but that's the mindset of the NHL. Like, and, uh, well, I'll say the mindset of the NHL PA. Like, just because they treat you fine doesn't mean that everybody else is being treated the same way. And, like, you know that everybody else isn't being treated the same way. Like, there's countless. You joke about it. Yeah. And, yeah. It, yeah. It's. It's just so disheartening. Like, and and I don't even want to touch on Kane's quotes because, oh, like, he. I didn't even look at it. Yeah, <laughs> but we didn't we didn't touch much on Black Ace One, but there were rumors about him and Aldridge, and I don't think anything happened with him besides Aldridge sending him like really inappropriate text messages. But like those rumors followed him throughout his career to the point where they were calling him like slurs on the ice. So it's just, I forget my point bringing this up, 
But well, I, I you like I want to touch on something with that. Like, okay, so people in the locker room, which were Taves and Kane at that point, and so many others, they didn't hear about. They didn't hear about the bullying. They didn't hear them calling right. the black ace that. Like, or no one in in the room heard that. It's just, it's real convenient when they when they support each other and when they don't. To the point right. where it's just actually disgusting. Right. So after you know those interviews. I feel like things kind of calmed down a bit, maybe because it was the weekend and there were no other interviews, but um, they ramped back up with just unbelievably dense and unbelievably ignorant comments. Uh, This time from Gary Bettman, and this is just the, the NHL. He should not speak. Like, he never says anything of value, like, ever. I, him and uh, Bill Daly, their interview really just solidified that the NHL will never move forward and be better with people like them at the forefront. They'll just, no. it just it will never be better because they, d- again, we get someone, again, that barely recognizes what happens, continues to to discredit the importance or, or the seriousness of what happened. And, you know, when asked to put things in place to hold teams accountable and hold the organization at itself accountable, no, no response, no, nothing. <laughs> he's he's like, we already have it in place. What are you talking about? Yeah. We don't need anything else. So, uh, um, one thing out of the the media or the interview that was really interesting was someone pointed out that out of everything that happened, the Blackhawks were fined from the NHL uh, $2 million for abuse cover-up. However, in comparison, um, the Blackhawks make $2 million per game, <laughs> roughly. I don't know if it was... Th- they're making that this year, but normally, roughly, they make about two million dollars per game. So this was that that amount was minuscule in comparison. But to also give more context, the Arizona Coyotes lost draft picks over inappropriately uh, working out a prospect, and New, the New Jersey Devils were fined three million dollars for a, a salary cap violation. And when asked about, like, pointed this out, like, why you know compared to these two. Uh, fines, the Blackhawks fines weren't really as much. And why is that? Bettman said, different context, different facts. Mm-hmm. And so before all of this came to light and, you know, publicly, uh, the NHL was given a heads up late in December of last year by the Blackhawks lawyer about a potential legal situation and that the NHL was assured that there was nothing there. So I don't need to investigate it. If you say there's nothing there, I don't. Yeah. I don't have to investigate. So again, it. like giving a, a heads up, because like we said, this these this came out. The news to us publicly came out around May of 2021. So the the NHL had about six months of like you know heads up on this, 
And they did nothing. They just decided to, you know, we'll trust you. The Blackhawks say it's no big deal. We'll believe you. But this is about sexual assault and sexual abuse allegations. And it's, you're just going to believe the team? So then in the interview, Rick Westhead was there trying to ask questions. And of course, uh, like the NHL would do, they were dodging him until I believe Pierre Lebrun um, forced the issue, which allowed um, Rick Westhead, who's been following this religiously from the beginning and giving so much uh, update and like really never letting it go away. I would say mm-hmm. Rick Westhead and um, mm-hmm. uh, Katie Strang were two of the biggest ones um, bringing this to the forefront every time any new information came out. So Rick Westhead was finally able to ask Bedman a question and he said, If the NHL will promptly commit to providing counseling to the former high school player who was abused by Aldridge and to his family. Now, this was the high school player that was abused um, after, like, you know, after the 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 Blackhawks did nothing, you know, took no action to, to protect. So this wouldn't happen. Um, and Bettman said that the league needs more information and won't make that commitment right now. Uh, he went to jail. So he's that on the sex, he's a, he's a registered sex offender. Like yeah. what? Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, Westhead um, went out and said, "Yeah, Aldridge was si- sentenced to nine months in jail in 2014 for abusing John Doe, too, the former high school player, and is now registered as a sex offender." Gary Bretman said he needs more info before committing to the NHL to care for John Doe, too. Like that doesn't. That's not that just shows how much again the NHL showing that they don't care. Like they're saying this, they're acting, they're saying things like they would care, but when it boils down to action, which is I mean common for the NHL when when they're asked to make change to to change their ways, uh, they have no intention of doing so. Yeah, it's just like we would do this. But we just need to hear just a little bit more before we do. Exactly. And so, like you um, referenced before, Christy, um, the NHL currently has no sexual abuse policy. Um, And when asked about that, Gary Bettman claimed that the NHL does have a sexual abuse policy. They, you know, do not tolerate it. And (laughs) And Westhead went on to say, if such a policy exists, he would love to see it. Um, but Bettman wouldn't, um, but, uh, knowing, saying that there's a policy, even though Bettman didn't, uh, orchestrate a formal investigation in December, 2020, um, once he first learned about the abuse allegations, just is a little bit confusing if they, if the NHL has a solid sexual abuse policy and when, um, you know, Rumors of sexual abuse allegations are coming up. Uh, the the NHL doesn't step in. Just shows that again, nine times out of ten, Gary Bettman's lying. <laughs> Literally, and he's trying to protect his ass. Pretty much. So overall, I mean, like I said in the beginning, this is just, it's just, it's disgusting from beginning to end. Like. Every single avenue failed 
Kyle Beach, they failed to do their job. They failed to protect players in general. They failed to make a safe environment for players and people who work for the organizations. And I don't see any change moving forward because, you know, I everyone is talking about this and I've been listening to a lot of different people's opinions on it. And I've seen people say like, oh, you know, what Kyle Beach did, it was super brave, which I absolutely agree. And that he's going to he's doing this and it's it's going to change, you know, the NHL for the better. And I just honestly don't see how that like anyone could believe that. I, I don't see the NHL wanting to change. I don't see the the Blackhawks organization wanting to be better, wanting to do better. I don't see sincerity in mm-hmm. what happened to him. And I mean, this this case is still going forward, and the Blackhawks are continuing to say that this wasn't this didn't happen to him. And so I just I don't know how anyone can see you know, take the comments, what people are saying, and see the actions of the organizations, the Blackhawks and the NHL as a whole, and think that, wow, they're going to do better. Like, this isn't going to happen again. Yeah, I've just seen just such a lack of remorse Mm -hmm. from everybody involved. Just like, this is yeah, just complete lack of remorse on how they handled the situation and just just taking ownership on what they could have done. Because I would be completely horrified yeah. to find out that something like this happened on my watch and I, and I didn't do anything about it. So I just can't comprehend how they're moving like this. And then there's just like no accountability, like at all. None. And I, I personally don't believe that uh, any of the guys that resigned, like them resigning is any type of accountability being held accountable for what Mm -mm. they did. Not at all. I said earlier, like I, I'm not going to be surprised when in three, two, three years, they both, everyone is back in the league. I mean, Shovel Day Off didn't, you know, Winnipeg still has his job. Yeah, Winnipeg is not going to fire him or make him resign or anyway. Like, there's just a lack of accountability. It's just baffling. So it's, yeah, it just, again, I mean, I, I mean, I, there's a, a lot of times when me being a fan, I've, like, thought, like, what am I doing here? Like, this, I yeah. really shouldn't support this league. But this is the first time that I really, like, I have not watched a game since uh, since Tuesday or Wednesday when this came out. Like, I just, I don't know. Something just doesn't feel right. Like, I can't, I don't know. It just feels crazy. It's like a it's like a never ending cycle. It's like each thing that because each thing feels worse and worse yeah. and more disheartening and disheartening. Because I don't know if we talked about this when this first came out in July. We probably weren't doing episodes then, but like to keep having to talk about another situation where the NHL failed players and failed. Failed in having human decency. It's just. 
it's disheartening. It is. It is. And just, I don't know, morally just seems wrong. Like, I just, like, Mm -hmm. think, like, what am I doing here? But I, you know, talked about this before we hit record. And it's, like, you know, the one thing when I got into hockey, the biggest red flag to me was, like, the racism that players of color had to have to endure. And, uh, you know, because that's near, dear to me. And then I just think, like, you know, Kyle Beach is a white kid from Canada. Like, he's he's heterosexual. Like, he... There's nothing that's different. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, from him. And yet, they... The NHL does not care. Like it's it doesn't matter what you look like. They will not protect you. And yeah. it's t- 2022 almost. What what has to happen? What more has to happen for the NHL to do better? And the crazy part is that this happened in 2010. The year before, Theo Fleury came out with his book about the sexual abuse that he had. I mean, it wasn't in the NHL, but he suffered in hockey. And this happens in 2010, and all the execs, you know they were aware of, like, they heard about Theo Fleury. Yeah, because he was, like, a big name in hockey. Yeah, everyone in the Hawks organization knew had to have heard about that. Everyone in you know, positions of power. And yet, no. So, like, even when it comes out and, like, players talk about it, they still don't do anything about it. And then 11 years later, they still try to act like, they just try to cover it up and act like it never happened. It's just, like, what do, what as fans can you do to force this organization to care about its players? What more needs to be done? Like, why do I have to, why do I have to try to, like, force you to care about people that play for your team that are making you money like yeah I I don't I don't understand like why can't you care about your players and their well-being like okay he wasn't a full-time NHL player maybe he could have been drafted 11th overall like you guys obviously had high hopes for him and then not that that matters but still but you you would think like being a high end draft pick, uh, a a high end prospect, they would care. It doesn't matter who you are; they don't care, and that's the sick part. I think that's matter. what this this helped me realize is that it does not matter who you are; they do not care about you. They will not protect you. Yeah, like you are not safe, and that's scary. Mhm. I think that's why, like, um, quotes from, like, Taves or, well, Taves is the only one that, like, I paid attention to is so frustrating and annoying Mm -hmm. because, like, literally, like, Taves, you think they care about you, but they don't. Like, they were just about to trade you. So it's just, like, why are you trying so hard to protect these people that had this happen to you? They would treat you literally the same. Again, the power dynamics in this organization, this sport, it's unhealthy. Because he probably feels like he owes it to 
these guys, these guys to like have their back or to, you know, uh, defend them. But you were the one out there winning the cups. So it's like, I don't know. It's just. I mean, hockey, like you said before, it does not breed like confidence in oneself. It very much like beats down the players so that they feel like they cannot rebel. rebel. They cannot, you know, think too much of themselves. Like they, they just, it's just not how. To the point where, like, a coach will tell you, do this, or else I'll ruin your career, and they believe that. Yeah. That, like, a video coach has the power to do that. And to be honest, it pretty much did. It was so sad to see people, like, bring up old headlines about Kyle Beach, like, once he came out, and it was, like, is Beach a bust? And it was it, it was all following that 2010 um cup win and mm-hmm. he just was never able to to put it together because of the abuse that he sustained in the organization and that just right. makes you think like looking back like how many more situations are like this like you know what I'm saying because it's so common mm-hmm. to see like is this person a bust is this person a bust and you don't really think too much of it I it's mean how many other contact. teams are, yeah and like how many other teams are covering up serious things happening to their prospects it's uh, it makes you sick to your stomach yeah because there's no way there's no way there's only like these couple of instances absolutely not so anything else on this this topic um Mm -hmm. i don't want it to just be swept under the rug like that kima lu situation which chevy also was a part of which all he also was a part of like all right because it was in the hl yeah like i i just hope that they're not able to to skirt this under the rug and i mean they they have the power to do that and i just hope it never i i hope it really doesn't happen i Kyle Beach, like, he deserves so much more, and he deserves so much justice, and I know that it's not common for any victims to get that, and so I'm really hoping that the NHL doesn't get their way and let this fall to the wayside. The Blackhawks don't get their way. Yeah. A sad sad episode. This was not fun to talk about. This was so sad and frustrating, and it really makes you think, like, do I want to be a fan of hockey? Because there's so much wrong in this culture. And oh, one last thing I want to say. I, t- I tweeted this out, but I need to say it again. As I saw someone say like, oh, you know, like, I don't think hockey culture is all bad. I don't Ooh. think that, you know, this is, you know, like everything that happened with like Oscar Limbaum from the Flyers or, you know, whenever something happens and other teams start supporting a player, that does not cancel out all of the horrible things that the NHL and hockey culture has contributed to. Like, I, I, I know that like there are some really good feel good stories and those are great, but the bad outweighs the good. And And those are the easy, those are the easy things. Those are easy things to get right. Like, if someone has cancer, someone passes away, like, it's 
it's not difficult to mm. give a memoriam. It's not difficult to celebrate a player coming back from cancer. Like when it comes to things that counts and things that are difficult to do, the NHL fails like every single time. Absolutely. And hockey culture in and of itself is not healthy for these players. It does not, it does not help them in the long run. And that's the problem. That's the issue. Yeah. It's not good. It's not safe for players. It's not safe for fans. It's just not safe. And that in and of itself makes it bad. So hockey culture is not good. And Nothing that, you know, like Chrissy said, is the easy thing to do that teams coming together does not outweigh any of the bad things that hockey culture contributes to and, like, facilitates. Yeah. So. (laughs) Just wanted to (laughs) say (laughs) So, with that, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, subscribe, maybe tell a friend. And if you really like this episode, give us a five-star review if you're listening on iTunes. You can always reach us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Come say hi, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.